Here we go, nice and raw. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the new podcast. It's your old pal, Mike Gormley here, coordinator of evangelization, joined with Stephen Lenahan, director of communications and development. Oh, man, it's so nice to hear you say that director word. So uh, nice. You're so Just, stuck on it. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> New Year, same Gomer. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know about you, but I am notoriously awful at New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I make them. I used to make them every single year. Yeah. I would, we'd think about them. We would talk about them. Never wrote them down. That's probably one reason why I failed. <laughs> I am awful at New Year's resolutions. What about you? Yeah, I don't even bother with it anymore. Uh, I, I just don't like I. You know, it's like the the big one. Obviously, is everyone's like, "Oh, I'm going to lose weight in the new year," and that's great. I think a lot of people do that. It's <laughs> like a, it's like a landmark time to yeah. do that. But uh, I don't know. It just doesn't really. I, Wah, wah. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I want to try and lose weight every day. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really get into the New Year's resolution per se. Did you ever set one and actually make it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can tell he's lying because his voice goes up. No, no, up. no. I mean, I don't know that it was like a – no, I, I guess last year I, I set a goal with my wife actually just before the New Year. Um, and I wouldn't, and it was interesting that I did that, um, because I don't normally do that. And I would say that I, um, I pseudo achieved that goal, not in the way that I expected. And I think I could have done better, but it was the first time where I was like, okay, this is going to be a goal for 2018. Um, and I tried some things. I failed in big ways on it, but I also learned a lot from the process. So that was really good too. Mm. So I feel like if you set a goal, and it doesn't work out, and you fail, that's okay, because failure is an opportunity, right? Like, somebody I, said that famous somewhere <laughs> on Facebook in a meme. It's on, uh, there's a sunset <laughs> picture with the words in the <laughs> foreground. Yeah, the, uh, someone into CrossFit posted it. Uh, <laughs> you hater. Always bring it back. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the funny thing is, uh, I read this wonderful book called Finish, Giving Yourself the Gift of Done. By John Acuff. I think that's what it's called, Finish. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea, he said, when you come up with a goal, like a New Year's resolution type goal or a yearly goal or a quarterly goal, he said, cut it in half. Like, come up with your goal, come up with your plan, then cut it in half. Yeah. And he says, uh, and the, the number one obstacle to people, ordinary people like you and I, well, like me, finishing. Not, I was going to say, I'm not ordinary. Yeah, you're super <laughs> ordinary. Uh, <laughs> You're extraordinary. That's why you minister Holy Communion. But uh, the that was lame. We're pretending like I didn't say that. He said uh, <laughs> the number one problem people have is not trying to attain their goal and falling short. The number one problem is the moment they mess up. So, like, let's say you want to lose weight and then you eat the wrong food, the food that you said you'd never eat. He said people don't know how to deal with getting back on the wagon when they've fallen off. Yeah. So the number one thing that kills game. people's goals, yeah, is that – what he said, the best thing you can do is have a game plan for the day after you fail. Yeah. If you treat it like, okay, that was a blip, that was a speed bump, but I'm getting back on. He said, people who have that mentality will end up finishing or achieving their goals, especially when you cut your goal off. You say, I'm going to lose 40 pounds this year. Say, no, you're not. You're going to lose like 15 or 20. Yeah. Cut it in half. Yeah. And when you do it, you actually accomplish it. You're like, holy moly, 
this is actually achievable. Yes, it is. Yeah. But I don't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that either. I came up worst New Year's podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> no, so one of the things that I heard it was about two years ago, one year ago. This guy said he doesn't do resolutions; he does themes. Because the last thing he needs is another item on his to-do list. Right. But he likes these general purpose, broad themes. And uh, my theme for last year was done. And actually, I bought that book. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, I yeah. bought that book because I was like, oh, this goes along the theme, blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to read more. I wanted to do this. But I had, like, books that were really, really difficult to read. Yeah. And, the, you know, high theology, philosophy, Latin sentences. And I'm like, oh, I got to translate this stuff. Um, that just, it's not one of those books that you can just pick up and breeze through. And so I force myself to sit down and pick one book and just conquer it. And I hadn't been doing that, like reading like you know, graduate level theology in years because I haven't had to. I read like beginner theology because that's what I'm teaching or apologetics. But just sitting down with a book, and it, it was a book on Christology, the study of the nature of Christ and whatnot. It was awesome, but it like ripped into me. But I took notes, and that was my way of getting things, getting it done and really plowing through. Yeah. So it's things like that that I tried to do. That year. So I launched that new Radical Communities with Ascension Press. Um, did all these things that were just kind of like these things in the background of my mind. I was like, right. yeah, one day maybe. No, I'm going to get at least one of those things done. And I ended up getting about five. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I will say maybe I should have sat down before the new year started. Maybe there's still time to do it to set some oh, there's more time. goals. Oh, there's always time. There's always time. Because um, I've always thought of like, oh, I'm not going to do a New Year's thing. I'll do a Lent thing, right? Like that's when I'll set my my goals, or whether they're spiritual or familial or whatever it yep. is. Um, I will say that in the back of my head, I have had kind of an internal goal. I really want to cut out this year like uh, just wasted time on social media mm. which is very hard for me kind of <laughs> in the role of director of communication yeah but i do <laughs> but even but like sometimes that can also become a crutch and an excuse yeah. and yeah. luckily now um apple products you can limit yourself on those things mm. um and so i'm i'm gonna try and do more of that what's your um, culprit what's the the go-to social network all of them. All of them. All of Are them. you on Snapchat? I want all the feeds. <laughs> I want all the information, and I want all the terrible memes that your aunt has shared. Uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah, that's uh, right. No, I. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, I waste a lot of time on Facebook. Um, Twitter actually is like my like go to when I just want to see like what people are talking about mm -hmm. and like different conversations that are out there. Like Facebook is really just more kind of like catching up with all of my, you know, relatives, you know, afar and keeping yep. them involved with pictures of the kids and all that kind of stuff. But like, if I really kind of like want to like see what's going on, I'll go on to Twitter and that is a, that is not a happy Twitter's not a happy place. It's not a happy place. It's not positive. It never ends well. It ruins <laughs> friendships and lives. Um, so that's not really a great one. Instagram I like, um, because obviously it's fun to post pictures, but I also at the same time feel like it's become like this thing where it's such a stretch for people. Like there was a while where it was like, everything was about getting like the perfect photo. And now yeah. it's just kind of like, everyone's done that, that we've just kind of become, you know, okay. almost like, I don't know how to describe it, but just 
it, it, that one doesn't interest me as much anymore. Snapchat, I got into. Snapchat Ugh. exhausts me. Ugh. Snapchat exhausts me. It is, uh, it is the younger millennials and whatever the generation is behind them. That is their like go to. I gen. Yeah, and I don't like it either because I know, like, I caught my nephew. He was Snapchatting his girlfriend over um, over the holiday, and he was doing it purposely, like trying to get me in the corner of his picture <laughs> because of a shirt I was wearing, and uh, and I didn't know, like, I didn't know he was doing it, so I'm like eating, like, you know like a chip or something like looking stupid in the photo. And I was like, yeah. I don't appreciate that. Like, don't take a photo of me if I don't know it. So you mm. can snap it to your friend to show up. For oh, five seconds. the trials and travails of social media. Uh, anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. I, I tried to get, get into, into Snapchat this. and I think I went on it twice and said, this is for those crazy kids who drive fast and listen to their rap music and yeah. like VH1. I can't do it's this. It's also very dangerous. It is. It can be very shady. Yeah. One of the things that Snapchat implemented was a thing called Snap Streaks, and it's all part of this uh, psychological, behavioral psychology tools and tricks called gamification in order to keep people addicted, their attention and eyeballs on the app. People don't realize this, but social media, the only way they can make money is if they sell ads. Right. and selling ads the number one stat that they're looking for or really two stats is monthly active users and eyeballs on the device so how long a time are people spending when they open your app yep so they want to do everything not just to provide you with the most relevant media but to keep you just addicted to the app and so they have these thing called snap streaks which is a running tally of how many days in a row you've snapped each other yeah Back and forth. So people will get on just to keep the snap streak going for its own sake. Which is ridiculous. Right, right. People, so, people don't realize with social media, you are not, like, you are the product being sold. You are not being sold a right. product. That's why all of If these, you didn't pay for it, you're what's being sold. You are, you are what's being sold. So when yeah. you sign into Facebook for free, to Snapchat, to Twitter, to all these different yeah. social media apps for, uh, for free, you are what's being sold. That's literally what I used to do in a former life at my last job. <laughs> um, was just Targeted like, marketing? Yeah, online. yeah, influencer marketing where we would just scrape all the information and all the data you put out there on yourself and then uh, target you with stuff. It was really creepy. That's yeah. why I don't do it anymore. But Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, for this year, I have a new theme. And my new theme, this might be silly, but I think it's going to be awesome. My new theme is a year of new things, right? And it's intentionally broad. What do you mean new things? I think one of the things I want to do this year is I want to build a workbench in my garage. I have zero woodworking skills. Oh. But I want yeah. to build a bench in my garage. That's a great. That's a great uh, place to start. I did that last year. Well, in 2017 or 18, and it was a great experience. You built a workbench. Yes, you I built ha- a table. I built a table. Which I was well, one for, of those things that started getting me going. On. Yeah, first first started with the workbench. My now my workbench is tiny. It's not like a really a full workbench um, because I just didn't want to. I had like the perfect nook for it in my garage. Um, but it's still it's still been very effective, even that smaller space and helping me to do like um, bigger projects and smaller projects in the garage. It's a lot of fun. Also, uh, when I like when I was building the table for my family, that yeah. was pretty cool because um, one, I had a couple of friends help me with it. It was a, it was a big project, um, but my goal was to to have it done before 
my second son was born and before Thanksgiving when, when our family was coming for Thanksgiving for the first time to Texas. Nice. And, uh, and I got it all done. And so it was really cool and very satisfying. And I channeled my inner St. Joseph when we were sitting around at Thanksgiving <laughs> and everyone was eating off this table that I had built. Nice. Um, and then also Father Tom came over and said mass on it and, and blessed our house, which was really neat. So, yeah, that was a that was a cool little. See, I've goal. never done anything like that in my life. You got you got to have coaches, though. Here's the thing, right? Like that's what YouTube is for. This the is the only okay. social network you're allowed right. to overindulge in. I'm going to <laughs> clue people in. I'm very passionate about this. That okay. one of the things in society, and I don't know how we're going on this topic, but here we go. Buckle up, kiddos. New what, things, new topics. That's here right. One of the biggest problems we have with men and and boys in society is this idea that. Okay, I'm inadequate. I've never built a table. I've never done anything with woodwork. So I've just got to go do it. I'm just going to go do it, and and I'm going to figure out how to build a table for the first time. The reality is, like, true masculinity, brotherhood, manhood is rooted in a community of men who can coach you through or almost be like you're like an apprentice through that process. So I could sit here and I could tell you I built a kitchen or I built a table for my family, did it all by myself. Um, it's an amazing, huge table. can sit 10 people, yada, yada. That would be a lie, though, because I didn't <laughs> do it by myself. I Fair had uh, I had at least two friends that were kind of coaching me through the process. They didn't do it all for me at mm. all. They, they would kind of coach me from afar. They helped me get started. Um, but I couldn't have done it without their expertise and their, um, their kind of communicating the mistakes that they've learned from. And so I think that's really important when you set goals in the new year, no matter what it is, whether yeah. you're a man or a woman, you know, whether it's an exercise goal, it's a woodworking goal, a financial goal, make sure you have people that can coach you through that process and hold you accountable, but also help you to learn from common mistakes that they may have made yeah. in going through that process. The other thing is like, don't, fi- don't pick someone um, who doesn't know what they're talking about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, or hasn't walked through the process themselves. Yeah. And I, again, I, I said that, like, I think it's an important thing for men, especially to remember it's important for women as well, but particularly like men have this mentality of I've got to fix it all. I've got to do it all myself. Yeah. And the reality is that's, that's not the case. Like even don't Jesus, stupid. yeah, don't be stupid. Jesus walked you, with 12. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about that. So there's a philosopher that I love. His name's Alistair McIntyre, mm-hmm. and uh, he's up at University of Notre Dame. And he has exploded, I think, uh, contemporary philosophy. He's brilliant. He's probably the greatest English-speaking philosopher. Now, I'm not going to go into depth about his stuff, but he talks about this notion of a practice. Um, and becoming excellent at that practice builds virtue within us. And he talks about the cardinal virtues, but then he says there are three key virtues that everyone needs in order to begin and to grow and attain mastery or excellence in a practice. And it's just what you were saying. It's uh, the three things are humility, patience, and justice. And what he meant by that, I think is so fascinating. Think about someone who wants to lose weight, mm-hmm. right? You got to be humble. Humility is a sub virtue of truth, which means you are willing to know the truth about yourself as unflattering as it might be. It's the serenity prayer. Right, right, right. So you look at yourself with sober judgment. Maybe you get other people, do I need to work out? Do I need to lose weight? Yeah. You've packed on some pounds over the years or whatever it might be. There's this element of humility. I need help. There's an element of patience. This cannot be fixed in a day. Have you ever done those workouts where you haven't worked out for a long time, but then you have some event, like maybe a wedding or something, and you're like, I'm going to crash diet and work out and do it all, and you try to do it all once? Yeah. 
And once does nothing but leave you with like aches and pains and and shame and all that. (laughs) You can't do the mega work. The mega workout doesn't replace weeks of working out. Right. Uh, You know, like with a guitar, someone said it's not how many years you played, it's how many hours. And that's very, very true about so many things in life. So one is humility. Admit the truth about yourself, sober judgment. The second one is patience. Like I'm not going to be even good at this new thing today. I have to be patient with myself. And then the third one is justice, meaning just what you said, get a coach, get someone who is good or at least has more experience than you and give them their due. Justice is the virtue of the will whereby we constantly give to others what's their due. So if you're thinking about it from that perspective, you going to someone who knows how to do woodworking, knows how to build stuff, it's just a handy guy, and you're like, I am all thumbs when it comes to this stuff, <laughs> which is me. Like, I'm a suburban boy. The only thing I was ever taught by my dad is how to look in the phone book to find a guy, and I don't even need that skill anymore right. to find someone to do it for me um, or to go and buy it. But the idea of, like, I want to do this myself. I know I could buy a better one for cheaper than what it's probably going to cost me to just do it myself, but I want to learn this new thing. To actually have the justice to say, I'm going to give you, you know, like a soccer coach. You ever played soccer? Took my boy, he's five years old, took him to the Y, did Y soccer. He has to have the humility to say, I don't know how to play. The patience to learn the skill, which no five-year-old does. And to give justice, to give due to his coach. And once my son, my son looks up to his coaches, gymnastics and soccer. And so he does that. And so what happens? He learns the skills and he advances. You can't do anything without those three things. Right. And I think that's really true. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, as I was thinking about it, you asked me at the beginning of this, like, did you set any New Year's um, resolutions? And I was going, yeah, I don't really get into this. But then I was thinking about it. And actually, uh, the year before last, my wife and I, we wrote um, goals on our mirror with a dry erase marker. I think I remember you saying that in one of the earlier episodes. Yeah, That's cool. and that was really, really effective um, for me that year. So actually, I guess I have been doing this. Maybe mm. not actually like, okay, I'm doing it by January 1st, mm-hmm. but throughout the year, goal setting, the more I think about it, actually is really important. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's why people do year in reviews, right? It's to look yeah. back and see what did I accomplish, what did I not, why, and how can I go forward from here. So um, yeah, so I think I just changed my mind on this New Year's resolution thing. <laughs> hey, hey, there, look at you. I'm getting over my little Christmas hangover, <laughs> and I oh, am man. ready for the new worst, things. The worst Christmas hangover. <laughs> yeah. We both drew, drove four, 13 hours with little kids in the car. Yeah. I drove from St. Louis. You drove from Nashville, Na- was Nashville, it? yeah. Oh, I could I, not wait to go to work. <laughs> yeah, and my, my poor wife, she's a saint. She's also like eight months pregnant. Oh. So, oh bless her heart. Oh bless her heart. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a long 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 drive. Oh man, so uncomfortable. Can the whole we time. just agree I know we have a lot of parishioners from Louisiana, but I'm just going to go, go ahead and say Here's it. the Baton Rouge comment. Oh man, can we just get rid of like half of Louisiana? Oh, God. <laughs> like the not, people? No, nah, like the people. The people are great. Like, all right, so you're not a genocidal maniac. No, 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 no. Not the people. And like New Orleans is great and all that. But like mainly I 10 uh, would be great. Uh, the bridge going over the Mississippi and Baton Rouge. I'm just, I can't. It just. That is a rough bridge. Wears me out. That is rough. Uh, I had to go that way because I, I went to Birmingham, Alabama on the, at the beginning of Christmas. And I just, 
every time my holiness is questioned. And I know I'm going to have to answer before God for the things that I say as I try and get I have no patience, bridge. no humility, but I'm breaking justice. <laughs> you, sir, are a terrible driver. What were you in, like, two hours of traffic or something like that? Yeah, there was, like, a wreck before the bridge, and it, like, it shut down I-10 trying to get over the, the Mississippi River, so. How dare they get in a wreck? How dare Didn't they know that you had to be in Alabama? Ugh. The worst. I mean, so, yeah, so when I got to Alabama to my in-laws, like, my <laughs> wife and the boys, because they went early, they're all excited to see me. And I literally just walked in the door and went straight up and closed the door. To bed. <laughs> the boys are already asleep. I did. I mean, it wasn't that dramatic, but it was kind of that dramatic. I was like, let's just talk tomorrow. I'll be in a better mood. And I was. Dude, it's fussy. Fussy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think this New Year, New Things, uh, I'm a big fan of it. But for all of you who are terrible at New Year's resolutions, try the theme thing out. I knew one guy, he did... Um, what, what was my buddy Luke? He's doing year of maturity, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm just going to stop doing." That's a good one for things. him, knowing him. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I hope he hears this. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He said that he's like, not that I'm immature, but there's some things in my life where I still act like I'm in college, and I I need to stop doing that. And I was like, Luke, that sounds great, but you have to stay immature when I show up tomorrow in our Airbnb for the Seek 2019 conference <laughs> of young adults. I, I am no longer a young adult, but for some reason I hover around that area. That's hilarious. I, so you're, you're, you're becoming that creepy guy that hangs out at young adult conferences. You know, the quote from... At least you're married, though, I guess. Oh, no, yeah. That so. quote from uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in Days and Confused, I keep getting older, but they say the same age, I feel like is about to get applied to me. Ooh. Yeah, that's no. awful. That's it's awful. so creepy. Hey, my name's Michael Gormley. You know, I'm that's your what, favorite okay, 50-year-old young note, adult minister. <laughs> side note about Catholic like young adult groups, <laughs> that, is, that, is the, that is the demographic that ruins yep. young adult groups yep. is like the – The guy know, who's just – too old to be to there. Be there. Yep. Maybe maybe by a year mm-hmm. or two, but yet he still hovers around. Yep. And, and I by hovers, I mean literally. He, uh, you turn around and he's right over your shoulder, yeah. breathing a little bit too hard for a normal yeah. person. Yeah. We had to shut down a young adult ministry when I lived in Atlanta because of that. Yeah. People yeah. were not pleased, but this guy came up to me one time. He goes, "Well, I guess I've aged out." And I said, "Yes." Yes, you did. If you're saying that, you definitely you, have. Yes, you did. <laughs> I keep upping the anywho, anywho. I could go on for this forever. But um, the good thing is, as Catholics, for those of you who fail at your New Year's resolutions, Catholics have like a diet version of New Year's resolutions called Lent, where it's like oh, 365 days. Forget that. What about 40 days? Yeah. And just make this resolution. You know what? Sundays totally renege on that. You're fine. <laughs> also, That's what I think a lot of people view Lent as. Yeah. I uh, I got to give a shout out to our parishioners though. Speaking of New Year's, um, yep. we had uh, for the first time a noon mass on uh, January first for the solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God. One of the yeah, one of the five holy days of obligation, and it was like jam packed. Wow. Uh, people were singing. It was great. Um, singing in the new year. They, yeah, already. what a great way uh, to start off the new year by actually fulfilling your obligation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's start the year off on the right foot. <laughs> Let's go to Mass. Yeah, the, the, but just, I was, I don't know, it just really, uh, it was good for me. It always is. I love going to that Mass yeah. every year because, um, you know, I don't know that I would think of it if it weren't a holy day of obligation. 
um, to go on New Year's Day. But uh, the fact yeah. that every year we get to start the year out giving the year to the Blessed Mother is really cool. Um, so shout out to everyone who came to Mass and those of you who didn't. Well, uh, if you <laughs> forgot, it's okay. Times. If you didn't forget, it's not okay. So, <laughs> yeah, the one of my favorite things about New Year's and the solemnity is it's a great time to just to focus on Mary, Marian devotion, and Marian imitation. Like as Catholics, we are called to imitate Mary. She was the first one to say yes to Jesus. She was the best one who ever said yes to Jesus, and that's why Mary's the perfect icon of the church. She's the Virgin Bride who is holy, and the fruitful mother, right? And so Marian, I love talking about Mary. It's Ooh, hard. This sounds like a podcast. Oh, it does. Slash it podcast. does. Maybe next time. Okay. Maybe next time. Ooh. So my New, Year's, <laughs> my New Year's theme is the year of new things. Stephen, give us a New Year's theme. A for, theme. A theme? A theme for you, good sir. A theme for me uh, this year is going to be follow through. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. I can't believe I just said that. A year of follow And now it's recorded. A year of follow Give me, what, what are you, uh, <laughs> what are you struggling with follow through? What do you think? Uh, like I said, okay, so the social media thing, not oh, wasting right, time right. on that. I want to be held accountable on that. Uh, I want to follow through on, um, uh, yeah, a couple of like personal things with my wife, like financial goals that we've set, um, uh, physical goals of making sure that I'm, you know, staying active. Uh, I think one of the things that's been a little bit hard for me this year is just, um, for a variety of reasons in 2018, trying to adjust to a new schedule. And so, um, my, I, I did pretty good in terms of staying active, but not as not where I know I can be and have been. Yeah. So follow through on that. Um, and then I think follow through uh, in my spiritual life as well. And with my boys as a father, I think is really, really important, especially because we're going to have our third, uh, next month. And it's a boy, right? It's, it's another boy, three um, boys. Yeah. And so oh. I, I just think it's so important to, to follow through. And I guess that idea of being like a man who, when I say I'm going to do something, do it and do it well, because yeah. I want to model that for yeah. my sons and for the sake of my wife. I heard uh, a man say one of the worst things you can ever do to your kids is break a promise. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's one of the most common things I do to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> but they, the kids remember every single time you they do. do. Oh, yeah, we'll play, a video, we'll play that video game later. We'll do that. And then later comes you're like, sorry, guys, I got a blah, blah, blah. And they're like, wow, you said that last week, too. And you're like, I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm not a man of my word. Got to be a man of your word. So important. Yep. So follow through. I follow through. I'm so mad I just said that. On yeah, the it's device. out there. So, everyone, you have permission that every time you see Stephen on campus, you have to say, so, Stephen, are you obsessed with Facebook still? Or just yeah. challenge him, hey, no more Snap stories, bro. So yeah, that's fine. Now, if you question me on why I didn't answer your email within, like, the first hour that you sent it, I will ignore you. <laughs> well, I guess social uh, <laughs> networks doesn't apply to the email, huh? Mr. Vacation. Sometimes I got other things going on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I could do a whole thing on email, but I won't. We, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. All right, ladies. After the Marion one. <laughs> after the Marion podcast, we'll do email. All right. My name is Michael Gormley. I'm here with Stephen. And we're saying the man Lenahan. Stephen the man Lenahan. Is that what they said on your junior high football team? Yes. Stephen the man Lenahan. And basketball. Hi, I'm six foot seven and I'm in fifth grade. Wow, you just like 
Yeah. Made me silent sound like Gumby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why, hello there, kids. I'm Mickey Mouse. I'm Mickey Lenahan. Woohoo! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Bye. <laughs>